OREA Owen Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clon Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to hear from you. Our text number is 083 You can also get us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at TipFMSport. But the number again for WhatsApp messages and text messages is 83 311 Later on tonight's show, we'll be speaking about the Tipperary fixtures that were set out, uh, the Munster Championship fixtures that were set out over the course of the last few hours. And indeed, small controversy brewing in relation to the number of those that will be behind a paywall. We'd love to know your thoughts on that, particularly after the experience of watching on GA Go last year, what your thoughts on it are and, uh, you know, the implications it has for hurling and football and accessibility to those games as well. 83 311 We'll also hear from Sean O'Keefe, the Clamel boxer who's going to undertake her first pro fight this weekend. We'll see, hear how she's sh- shaping up for that first fight in the York Hall in London. That's on this coming weekend. We'll hear from Shauna live from London and we'll also have local rugby and local soccer as well before we go off here this evening. 83 311 is our number. And uh, don't forget as well, we will have the announcement of the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month, which will be announced later on in tonight's show. This is in association with the Par- the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel and John Quirk Jewellers in care. Lots of great nominations have come in and of course there's been so many really interesting nominations because if you look at uh, what's happening, I know it's in the calendar month of December but congratulations to Orla O'Dwyer who played a stirring role for Brisbane in the uh, AFL ladies final last evening or over the weekend. Uh, They beat North Melbourne I think over the the course of that and I think it's fair to say that Orla has established herself as probably the preeminent Irish export, if you like, in the AFL and is performing with with great distinction in doing her county and her parish and her family great pride uh, in relation to how she's performing out there. 083 311 Let's have a quick start our show with a quick word on under-21 football because the we're down to the last two in that A finals. And I suppose when I look at the... the the pairings, Clamel Commercials in an A final isn't a massive surprise, but they had all the work cut out for them to get past um, J.K. Brackens after extra time. That was this weekend in the uh, in the all weather pitch out in Feathert. Um, but the other team they'll face is Kappa White Gales. Let's hear from the West Pier Road, John O'Shea. How are you, John? Uh, good evening, Ronan. John, uh, is it a surprise that Kappa White won the West and beat Galti Rover St. Pecans by two points? And again, you see Ballina and how well they've done in football in recent times. And then they had their colours lowered by Kappa White Gales in the semi-final. Quite a quite a march to the final by Kappa White. That's right, uh, Ron. And if you go back, just go back uh, quickly two years ago, Kappa White uh, defeated Galtier Rovers there in the West semi-final. Went on to win it. This was in the B. Went on to win it, and they, they went on to County and they beat Upper Trust Drumban in the B final in Dundrum on penalties. And you know. Galtier have come on in leaps and bounds since that day. They won a 19B county final last year, 19A this year, uh, you know, backbone by that. They were favourites going into Kappa White, but in a lot of people's eyes, Kappa, uh, you know, Galtier were the favourites. But we must remember that Kappa White downed 
Aravail Rovers in the West semi-final this year and beat them comprehensively. Like, uh, you know, so... They, 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 you know, they probably slipped in under the radar. I fancied now myself. I fancied Galti for to win that final. But look at Cabo uh, White came out on the day, played well, uh, you know, and won by two points their last Tuesday night, and it brought them on into Saturday. What I think is great about what you've said is that they've they've gone about their business in a very coherent way, winning B titles, winning them well and and winning them consistently and now aren't afraid to up themselves to a grade higher at to under 21a when you are taking on the likes of Galti Rovers and now commercials yeah look at last year they went into the A as well like it would an awful lot of this team and they were beaten in the west final by Aravel Rovers by what was it like 12 points to four or something but they learned a lot from that and then they turned them over this year and they are back and now they went into Holy Cross last Sunday against uh, a Ballinair team who two years ago at under 19 won the 19A if you remember they beat commercials by a pint in that final so they, they knew they were up against it uh, 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 you know a, a good Ballinair team I had seen them there they had a good under 17 team that were beaten by by Galtier Rovers in the semi-final in Dr. Morris Park there earlier on uh, you know in the year or a couple of months ago <clears throat> and um that, that's uh, in the 19, uh, I said, yeah, in the under 19, I should say, in 19A. So look at the game on, 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 on uh, the Kappa knew what they were up against there now uh, going into Holy Cross. Uh, and, you know, so the game that was very, very slow to start there, it actually was nine minutes before uh, Egan opened the scoring there for Ballinay. And then Charlie King, who was probably one of the better, better footballers on view there, he uh, doubled it later. But um, eventually... Stephen D got uh, the Capagales off the off, off the ground there, and they went in at halftime trailing by four pints to three, uh, you know, a pint in it, and and then after the break, Balanay extended the lead again there with uh, pints from Charlie King and Zach Egan, and it looked probably at that stage that the game was sort of drifting from Capagales, but then uh, a sort of you could say a copybook uh, goal of the West Final a few days earlier. Stephen D made a run from the, the centre of the fence straight down the throat of the, the Ballinair defence. Conor Martin was on his shoulder. He laid it off to him just at the last minute and Martin stuck it in the back of the net. As I say, a copy, copycat goal from the one that happened on the Tuesday night. And all of a sudden, Kappa were back in it and they hit the front for the first time. And, you know, then, then, then uh, they got a couple of more points. But uh, eventually, Charlie King scored a very, very late equaliser to tie the game at one six to nine points and bring the game to extra to extra time, and well, then in extra time, really, uh, the the Cabo White scales outscored Ballinay three points to one. And I say it was their fitness in extra time that got them over the line. They are a physical side, a big side, and but they are a fit side mm. because a good few of them would have played, would say, with that intermediate team there. Uh, during the championship with Kappa White, that three lads that they have from Salahed there would have been involved with the junior football with Salahed and the, the junior B Harlem. So they would have been playing there up to a few weeks ago. Like So they are fit, uh, you know. And as you say now, they're going up against commercials next uh, next finish, next Saturday in Golden. Uh, and, and as we know, we know, we know Golden, our, uh, commercials were taken all the way by, by Bracken down in yeah. there. A game that I actually was at as well, you know. And Can I just ask you, like Ballina? Correct me if I'm wrong. Ballina are the county under 19A champions from last year. From two years ago, actually. Two years so ago. Just, so this would yeah, have been that team. This team, if you know. What yeah. I mean, yeah. Which makes that's that's why it raised my eyebrows. 
that uh, yeah. Kappa White were able to go against Balna because Balna have been putting their house in order when it comes to football over a number of years now and are beginning to reap rewards. They are, and up along, up along, that under-21 team, up along, they would have been very competitive. I think they were probably beaten, they may have beaten commercials in an under-19 A final. As yeah, they were in the 18A final, but if you go back a few years before that, I think they're probably, they were in an under-16 final against commercials. So they have been sort of a thorn in commercial side there uh, over a, that group of players, like, you know, and a lot was expected of them because, you know, they won, they held their own senior this year. They won the intermediate last year. They have had a few of them. <clears throat> they have a junior, I think they, they didn't they win a junior B, up, or they were beaten in the final of the junior B football up north. They have two teams, you know, so they are making great Tries that football up north, like you know. Yeah, I'm going to take advantage of the fact you saw Brackens against Commercials. Uh, commercials started well, but they just couldn't shake off Brackens, and Brackens took them to extra time. And clearly, a one point win for Commercials showed just how competitive this was for the entire what 90 minutes or 80 minutes of it. Connor Cadell there had a great first half. Uh, while Commercials got off to a great start, they got a goal in a pint to no score that were, uh, within the first nine minutes. But then, then. Uh, Brackens hit five points on the trot there three of them from Conor Cadell and they led five points to 1-1 at half time uh, they, they had Rory O'Dowd black card and then by, I'd say 11 minutes into the second half but Ty Condon got up for a goal there they were still trailing with two minutes of normal time left Condon got a goal uh, two, three to eight points at that stage but Cadell again on the stroke of time he, he pointed he's four points of the game there and they brought it to extra time there in an extra time, yeah, Keane Smith got two points in the first half. James Cochran got one for, for uh, the Brackens. And then in, 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 in the second half, there, Cagney got a point for, for um, commercials. Uh, commercials. And Cochran then got another point. He's his fourth point there of the game for him. But they just couldn't get the point. I, it was looking very like it was going to go to penalties there, but uh, the last attack there broke down there for, for uh, Brackens. They were turned over, really, a good turnover by... By commercials, then they held out by to win, as you say, by the minimum two six to eleven pounds. Can I ask you then to preview that final? Because you know, people who think that commercials would uh, would just turn up will, you know, they they obviously haven't been listening to what we've been saying, and other and also looking at the results that Kappa White have been able to eke out. I'd say there's a lot of peril there. There is, yeah, and, and as I said, they don't. They're a physical side, Kappa White are. You know, like I suppose overall now you'd have to say maybe that commercials would be, uh, they've probably been together, that bunch of players, longer maybe than Kappa White and playing at the A grade, if you know what I'm saying. But but Kappa White have definitely adjusted last year and this year to the to the A grade. They have some, some great players as well. Mm. Uh, very strong down the middle there uh, with, um, with um, uh, young Ryan Bond there at full back. Uh, Stephen D in the middle of the field, a lovely, lovely footballer. Conor Martin there is operating uh, in the half forward line there. He's a solid chap again. And Tristan Stokes as well. All strong guys like. Uh, they won't be afraid of commercials now. And I think that that game against um, Ballinair will really work wonders on them. But if you look at you see, you look what commercials have. Carl Dealey, uh, you know, they have Ty Condon, uh, what do you call him as well, the Keen Smith there. Yeah, uh, these lads and have that Rory Dowd again. Yeah, know? Rory, who of course started for most of the championship matches for uh, yeah, commercials. You know, and, 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 and Condon is there or there about. Uh, yeah, young, young fellas with the experience have been in around the yes. senior panel. <clears throat> yeah, but look at look at to the one to the one off match, the final. Uh, Kappa will certainly 
they'll be fit enough anyway. That's the one thing. They probably play slightly different games there. Commercials were sort of in favour a lot of the time, the long ball into the forwards. And they have nippy forwards getting out in front there. But uh, the cap the, the, the backs now are no slouches when it'll come to the running, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, I'd expect them to put up a good a good, a good uh, show. They're in, I suppose, cap are in bonus territory now, put yeah. it that way, because that that match there, that West Final, they, they never won a West Final on their own. They had to go back to 19, I think, 81 or something. They won one with... Um, they were joined with Airog, and then this year again they were joined with Salahed. So like, it's, it's bonus territory for them now. They'll relish it. And the one thing about it, I saw them there two years ago against a good old Upper team in that uh, B final in the under nineteen, and they dug it out again. You know what I mean? They're not afraid. To, they're not afraid, and they don't lose half. They might go behind, but uh, you know they'll be there or there about at the final whistle. John, it's always an education, and thanks indeed for that. We look forward to talking to you for when that final does conclude in a week's time. Commercials against Capo White Gales. Thanks for your time, John. Take care and thanks, John uh, John O'Shea, the Westboard PRO, joining us there. In the B Under-21 Football Championship, Bo- Bo- Moyle Rovers defeated Boerlahan on a scoreline of 3-4 to 2-5, and they'll now face Golden Kilfeekle, who accounted for Clonic Kenny Moneygall on a scoreline of 3-8 to 4 points. Uh, one other notable fixture uh, result to bring you was the under-17A football final, which took place last Monday night, actually, just as we got it, came off air. Feathered 1-7, Mullinahone 6 points. I don't know where we're at at county stages with that, but I'm sure somebody will inform me. 83 311 Hotel Clonmel, multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Get your nominations in now. Just to let you know, we will be announcing the winner of the November uh, uh, Tip FM Sports Award, Tip FM Sports Star of the Month Award. Um, in a little while, just to let you know who the nominations are because uh, a lot of nominations come in throughout the course of the month. Dylan Slevin from Burskane was nominated because he qualified for the World's Dart Championship for the first time and in his first year as a professional. Ashling Maloney was named the AFLPA Best First year player after her first season with the Geelong Cats in Australia Nina CBS who won the Dean Ryan Cup that's the Munster under 17A schools hurling that was the first time in Nina CBS history that they won the Dean Ryan Cup Dermot Barron from New Inn who captained Munster for the first time Neve Martin was also nominated she reached the AFLW Grand Final with North Melbourne and Orla O'Dwyer who qualified for the AFLW Grand Final with the Brisbane Lions now as you will know Orla and the Brisbane Lions won that final but that was one in December so it's for performances in November that Orla and Neve were both nominated there and Ashling as well I mean you just see the uh, impact that the Tipperary ladies are having on Australian rules football we wish them well we hope they stay fit and get back here at some stage to put on the blue and gold as well because I tell you there'll be formidable players when they do come back and play ladies football in Tipperary again our text number is 083 311 JJ Kennedy's on the line good evening to JJ Hi Ronan. Yeah, uh, it's December and who doesn't love a good hurling controversy in December? Um because we need something to fill the airtime. But as I drove to Tip FM this evening, I was listening to Donald O'Cusack on the radio and he was incensed with the GAA goal fixtures. And I'd say he's probably incensed from a Cork point of view, because three of Cork's round robin fixtures in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship will be behind a paywall. Have you an opinion on this and do you see where he's coming from? Because you can make an argument in a, any one of a number of ways about GAA Go. Yeah, I, I, can see, I can see both sides of it. I mean, uh, GAA Go will point out if these, if these games aren't uh, on, on their platform, they won't be available at all. 
and uh, and that's that's their side of it. Uh, the other side, then, it's uh, you know important games, uh, crucial fixtures, and you're putting them behind uh, a paywall for people. And plus the fact of, of course, you're you're it's dependent upon people having good uh, internet access to 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 get this this uh, what is a, a streaming service. Um, so it's 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 a big issue. I can I can see different sides of it. Um, I'm, I'm I'm not a great fan of it. Um, I, I think as many games as possible for people should be should be free to air, and uh, that that should be the way that 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 we're going. Uh, particularly key championship ones like these. I, I, I mean, this is the. I, I, yeah. I particularly agree with you because the condensed season has meant that. There are some Sundays and there are some weekends when there is a number of high-profile games on. So therefore, it begs the question whether or not the GAA should be opening up the rights to more bidders of free-to-air television, and I'm looking particularly at Virgin Media here, um, who have no rights, rather than putting it yeah. behind the paywall. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree, because ultimately, I mean, the, the AMGA is amateur and, and uh, you know, dependent so much upon volunteerism and so on and it, it's just it's different you know to professional sport and that and it's just so much part of our of our culture and who we are that I, I, I think really the, the aim and the target has to be to get as many of them as possible uh, free to air for people who are at home and for different reasons can't travel uh, to get to these games that has to be the aim and uh, this sort of drift towards towards paywalls and so on um, I think is very unfortunate in the GA. it just goes against I hate using the word, but that old e-cost word comes up. But, you know, I, maybe a culture is a, a better word. It, it just goes against the whole culture of, of the GA and uh, what it does for communities and for people. And uh, for that reason, I, I just think it's, 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 a bad, it's a bad development. But is the horse bolted? Because once we allowed the first league match go behind a paywall on Satanta some years ago, that this was the inevitable conclusion of that, that it would go to a point. And and in fairness to the GA and GA Go, if you want to join an annual pass, it's about €62. Euros. And if you were to benchmark that against, now I know it's an unfair comparison, but if, you know, people who happily pay for Sky Sports, happily pay for BT Sports um, and Premier Sports or whatever else they're paying for. I wonder how many streaming services people need nowadays. But anyway, it does represent excellent value for money and I think that gives you 38 exclusive championship matches over the course of that season pass for GA Go. So benchmarking against its competitors the GA come out favourably, GA Go comes out favourably. But the very fact that it's behind a paywall in the first place is the Rubicon that was crossed and probably should never have been crossed. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's a valid point. And you're, you're going way back now and you're talking to Tanta and stuff. Uh, lots of people are probably asking, what are you talking about? Even it's, it's, it's Show me age ago, again, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, joined the club. Um yeah, no, it it is it is a fair point, and um, and, and of course people people said this when, when Sky came in, and uh, and again uh, games were, were were taken behind paywalls and so on. Uh, but the, the, I think the whole market it seems to be I mean it's very flexible and there's lots of change happening. I'm I'm not too sure that you know it's it's it, that it's a, a done deal and it's gone at this stage. Uh, I mean Sky left the market and. Uh, as you say, Virgin Media maybe should have been should be given more access to a lot of these games. I, I think just the issue here for me, really, I mean, it, you, you can certainly argue that it's, it's a reasonable deal uh, over the year for the 
you know, the number of games. Now, people will counter that by saying, well, there are only a handful of those games that we really want to see, and a lot of them we mightn't even look at. Um, and, and that's an argument as well. Um, but I think it's, it's, you know, it's such crucial games. You know, there's a lot of talk about hurling and, and the promotion of hurling and so on. And it's, I think, universally recognised that the Munster Championship is, is where it's at. Um, in the early stages of that championship, you know, the Leinster championship with respect to them, it just doesn't compare. So putting so many, you can see how they, there'll be so much anger in Cork at this, you know, putting so many of those uh, key games behind the paywall, I, I just think is, is, is unfortunate. And uh, hopefully, hopefully things, things will, will change and there might be another look at this. So it seems to be a done deal for this year now at least. Well, for next year, I should say. Well, the fact that the Tarnishta is uh, is the Tarnishta's office is occupied by a Corkman might focus minds. Um, I'm also joined on the line uh, by Tom McGrath. How are you, Tom? Good on. Have you a view on this? Because uh, Dunlo Cusack is 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 really raging a war against this on social media and other media platforms tonight. And I can see his point. Three of Cork's round robin games in the hurling championship in Munster are all behind a paywall. Yeah, I suppose like. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with a huge amount of Don Love's pronouncements. I suppose like he can be pretty radical at times. Like, but uh, this, this, like I think JJ covered the thing there. Like it's the the, the thing looks good when you look at the yeah, the annual the charities X, the single charities Y, and then you look at so many matches. Like, but um, there's a lot of people. It's a bit like the like the season ticket in Tipperary. It depends on you know the number of people that go, and there's not there's not a, a a huge number of people will go to a whole lot of matches, and there's not a huge number of people who look at all the matches or would be interested in all the matches either. Like, but I, I'm I'm a traditionalist, Ron, as you as you well as you well know at this stage, mm. and I think making it awkward and like I'm not getting into the thing of the the people that haven't got the access to the internet because there's the, a the lot of rural Ireland is not is not accessible or hasn't got access or worse still has got poor access. And like nothing as bad as paying for something then and getting poor quality stuff. You're better off not getting it than getting poor quality stuff. Like so, there's a lot of lot of things in it. And as you said already, there, I think that we haven't heard the last on this yet, right? No, and like you know, if you're putting things in context in terms of how attractive games are, like for example, on the 27th of April, the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship round robin <coughs> match between Antrim and Wexford will be streamed. And with all due respects to Antrim and Wexford, and I love watching Antrim progress in hurling that's not one that's really going to ignite viewers to spend money yeah, the, the, to watch a, 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 a stream of that. Outside of the Antrim and Wexford people. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I mean, like it gives, it, gives, it gives the... And that's going to be in one venue or the other. That unless unless Leinster are doing something different and going to going to neutral venues for those matches. like, But like, there's not an awful lot of Wexford people going to go to... Um, Corrigan Park or Ballycastle or wherever they're going to play, going to play the match, and equally so, there's not a huge number of Antrim people going to come to Wexford for the match either. Like so, it's how you how you analyse that and how the how the bean counters look at it. I suppose really that they'll, they'll do their sums and say, well, like which is the most profitable? Because I think sadly that's the way a lot of people are looking at it is is how much profit is in this like well, no and, and for whoever like I suppose JJ, you've got to bear in mind that one of the key shareholders in GA go is RTE and RTE is broke badly broke so putting say Waterford Tipperary behind a paywall on the 4th of May may make financial sense uh, putting Wexford and Galway on the same day in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship behind a paywall may well make financial sense 
Well, it, it may make financial sense for um, for RTE, who have their own problems, as you say, as regards finance and, and all of that. But that's not much consolation to to the people who are perhaps deprived of an opportunity to to see the game on 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 free to air and. You know, we, I mean, we're talking about a lot, a very diverse range of people that will be interested in games. You know, from from the elderly and so on, who maybe maybe are housebound and not able to get out to see these matches, um, right right through the whole spectrum of the population. And uh, it, it's just, it's just, I, I I always wary with an organisation like the GAA when commercial values begin to take over and. And that's really what happens when you go into the paywall area, that it's commercial decisions and profitability and all of that that will be a centre and front of decision-making. And I think that's, that's a lot of the time where the, the, the problem arises. And, uh, and that's not how the GA should be operating, really, I think, that there are other issues that should be forefront rather than just profitability in, this, in a case like this. Yeah. So it's... It, yeah. You look at the you look at the summer of sport we're all going to enjoy, and the Olympic Games is going to be slap bang in the middle of that, and the national broadcaster gets first refusal on something of the magnitude of the Olympic Games. I think there's European football championships on as well later in the summer. So, with a condensed championship, there is no possible way that RTE could satisfy the uh, the the public appetite for Gaelic games this summer. There just isn't enough airtime, there isn't enough cameras available, there isn't enough reporters, there just isn't enough oxygen. So bringing in a partner, I understand that. The difficulty people have, Tom, I think, is that the partner is not somebody who's free to air like Virgin Media. Yeah, well, I suppose, like, uh, you look at um, RT's sister ship, TG Catter. They, they, they do a super... They do oh, that. where would we be in the winter job. without yeah. TG Carr? Right. My God, yes. You know, and I mean, like, it's done very, very simple there. Top-class guys, not because we have one of our own involved yesterday, but Seamus O'Caneda and, and that Seamus there, like... You oh, know, Brian Torres is a magnificent commentator. Oh, absolutely. And, and Michal O'Donnell and, Mag- all, and all the team. Paul, Paul Flanagan and... OK, you'll have the odd bias lad will come in and... I don't mind that. Any, any, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all... Even Tim Pavem has those guys, so I mean, we won't... <laughs> <laughs> what a, no, they, they've, done, they've done a super job. And I mean, look, I look at all sorts of sports. Look, if there was a game of Tiddlywings on and there was nothing else to look at or do, you'd look at it. But TJ Carr cover lots of stuff, like, and or McDara McDonough, like McDara commentating on tennis in Wimbledon there some years ago and doing it from, he wasn't over in Wimbledon. He was, the, he was able to do that. Like, I mean, it's, you don't have to fly 10 fellas and put them up in a top-class hotel in Tokyo to bring back the story of how <laughs> one of the Irish teams did out there. Like, yeah. No, no I, think, I think you make a valid point. And, and it's also worth bearing in mind that the GAA's philosophy is to promote the Irish language first and foremost. So I would have thought TG Carr would have had an advantage over other broadcast partners when it came to divvying up rights. But you don't know what opportunity they get. Maybe their maybe their contract is such that they're 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 restricted for the to the winter months or something like that. Yeah. We don't know what way the contracts are like with all these sorts of things. Like I mean, there's, uh, like the small print and the small print going back two years, three years, five years historical stuff like that we're not privy to and as well if we're not like. But I mean, they're the things that muddies the water. It's a bit like the to very starting with two away matches in Munster this year. I mean, that, that's that's all tied up because it's this this little hooks and snares 
going back years there that's that's mm. restricting the, the normal normal home and away and home and away like that's yeah. the way the thing should work but look I'm going off topic there now Ronald sorry No you're okay I just before I let you go lads there's one other thing that came up and it was a uh, again another social <coughs> media uh, post that went viral and it was a kind of a charter that was proposed for a senior GA club in the west of Ireland where uh, some of the demands that were being placed on club players who were participating in a pastime excuse the alliteration um, we're, we're, we're quite draconian now JJ for want of a better word <laughs> Yeah well it is, it is a silly season I suppose so you can expect all sorts of things like this coming up on, on, on social media um, Yeah it's the, it's the Karen Bridge Club isn't it in, in Galway yeah, um, that's right. that this, this emerged from and um, they, I suppose a few things to say on it um, you know if you just if you just take them face value and just read the the actual what they call it charter, um, then it is it is draconian. It is, it is very dogmatic. You know, no no holidays during the championship season from June to October. No drinking during championship season. No other sports commencing, including golf, by the way. Which which uh, I can understand <laughs> if somebody was going off playing rugby and maybe possibly getting injured. But I don't know yeah. of anyone who's ever got injured playing golf. Tom might. Yeah, be. it happens. It happens. <laughs> okay, okay. It's your but own I, fault I, if it does. Go on anyway. There's just one or two things I suppose you need to put in by way of clarification here, and that is, um, I think it was uh, um, uh, Dermot Crow and the Independent yesterday had had a piece uh, quoting the the Carnbridge Club, uh, were explaining basically that it was it was actually the players that came up with this themselves. It wasn't something that was imposed upon the upon the players. Uh, they came up with this uh, off their own bat, um, and I think they accepted as well that the sort of wording. Uh, you know, was was what uh, was wrong. Uh, it was just worded poorly, and it came across very poorly. Uh, it's quite—I mean, it's quite all right, I think, for a club to try and get around the issue of, of players going uh, on summer holidays to America or Australia, wherever they go, uh, and so on, and some other issues that are that are presented here. I think it was the manner in which they were presented, and unfortunately, it did feed into this this narrative that um, you know the levels of preparation are, are such now that. Club teams are imitating inter-county sides, and and the things are getting so intense that this is the level that you're gone to that players' private lives uh, are being impacted uh, in in this manner. And and really, I suppose the fun, the fun and the enjoyment being being sucked out of the games, and that should never happen because I think the only reason you'd ever play hurling or football is because of the enjoyment you get from them. So it's it, it's just, I think it's just one of those things that just caught fire on, on, on social media. But I, I wouldn't get too carried away with it. I think that that vast majority of clubs have a far more sensible approach to a lot of the problems that are, are trying to be addressed in, in this particular thing. And I think this is just an extreme example. And it, it, it gave oxygen, I think, to people who wanted to, to let go on this issue. Tom, I leave the last word with you. You've seen a first-hand sons, daughters, nephews, nieces... Uh, extended family all play at a high level. What's your thought on that charter? Yeah, well, I suppose like it, <clears throat> there's not a whole lot in it that's that's not expected of players. But maybe putting it putting it down, it it always looks much colder and more. I know since that word, like, but looks always looks much colder in print, like when you see it. But the level of JJSLRI, level of professionalism, and all that type of stuff. Your 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 junior clubs, your intermediate clubs, the senior clubs. It's it's full time. It's full time commitment from an early stage of the year to get the thing through it. And there are there are uh, little gaps there 
throughout the season where players can unwind, let their hair down. It goes on. It goes on. Look, it goes on at intercounty level. It goes on at international level. I'd say with the international sports as well that they they have this down period for this short couple of days here and there, little windows to do whatever they want to do for a few days, and then it's back to the grindstone again. And you know. Full, full, one hundred percent commitment from there on in. Like, but, but the, the senior players and the professional players and the top players, they they will do. They'll have their little blowout and they'll do their thing. But then it's one hundred percent, one hundred ten percent, and their totally their total focus is on what's in front of them, whether it is a, a divisional junior championship or an All Ireland. Name McCarthy. The equipment is pretty much the same, like no matter yeah. no matter what way you look at it. Well, thank you both for that conversation this evening. <clears throat> Just before I let you go, one texter reminds me of the injuries Tiger Woods befell him while playing golf. Well, texter, what I can say to that is that I think all of Tiger Woods' injuries came off the course. My thanks to you both. He was only going to play golf. Just just one one final thing, Ron, and there. The swinging of the club with somebody else's. But go on anyway. But there's very little stuff going on, people think at the moment. But there's there's a vast amount of top quality games going on there. And who attends them at under 21 and and the under 17s are going as well. um, Federt last Saturday. Played eight, they played eight matches in Federal last Saturday, starting at ten o'clock in the morning. Development squads and all that type of stuff, and culminating in a in a Challenge Cup final between the Davins and Newcastle yes, at eight that. o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. So there was like eight that, matches, yeah. but the, the terrific facility that it is, like we and, wonder how we you know, coped it out, Feather, wouldn't we? Yeah, well, like, okay, thankfully pitches have come back and all yeah. that, but great work done by Tommy Sheehan and the whole group down there, and it's an absolute joy to go down there and see the stuff that's going on and. The standards are quite good, and then no, it's it's great. Like, and it will continue the weekend now with the semi final, quarter finals, quarter finals in under seventeen, and there's only semi finals in the twenty ones. Yes, brilliant. Anyway, sorry. No, 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 it's fine. I think you make a valid point about people need to. You know, here we are talking about things behind paywalls and people sitting at home watching matches. People need to get out as well and no, enjoy some, some terrific matches and great yes, attendances and that as well. Like, it's great. Excellent. Thanks for that. Take care, bye-bye. And uh, Tom and JJ there, lots of texts coming in on that, but I will have to take a break. Back in a minute. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clon Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See Real Estate Alliance Ross Cray. Yeah, you're very welcome back. 083 311 Uh Peter Silk from Cash Rugby Club's on the line. How are you, Peter? Very good, Ronan. Peter, uh, we've been talking about Division 2A of the <clears throat> AIL for a number of weeks now because it's uh, a t- not turning into a two-horse race, but the two leading lights in that division are both from Tipperary. And so it continues because Nina Ormond had a 24 points to 10 win over Malone and that was away from home, while Cashel up in Spafield had a 32 point to 18 win over Navin. Yes. Um, well... We're trying to hold on to the Nina coattails, but anyway, we had a difficult assignment on uh, Saturday last roll, and you know, Navin were very, very good, and uh, it was a, a, a torrid affair, let's put it that way now, a very tough game. They had a huge pack, very good backs, and, uh, you know, they really put us to the pin of our collar. Um, they led, at one stage, they, at one stage, they led 12-3, and we brought it back to 12-11 at half time. Uh, then, went ahead, they levelled it with 20 minutes to go at 18-all. And at that stage, anything really could have happened. 
uh, they were down a man. They got a guy had got a red card, so I suppose that gave us a slight advantage. And uh, we got two very good tries. One ten minutes to go, and the other then with literally two minutes to go to win, to get a winning bonus point. But it was, you know, the score doesn't reflect how tight the game was, Ronan. It was really, really competitive. And, uh, you know, they were up for it, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, credit to our lads, they did very well. Uh, we lost our hooker before half time, and luckily we had a replacement to come on and uh, do a good job for us. But, um, you but know. But at this stage in the season, when you're kind of halfway through, does it get to a point where you're almost, you know, you have to allow for, for the inevitable injuries that occur? You talk about a pivotal position like losing your hooker, but like you've other pivotal positions as well um, where one or two injuries and you find yourself a little treadbare. Absolutely, yeah. Front row particularly. Uh, you know, it's a very specialist area and, uh, you know, you have to be, you have you can't put anybody in there. You have to put guys in who know what they're at and, um, you know, that was that was a, a blow to us but hopefully he'll be back fairly soon. Um, but, you know, it is a nutritional game, Ronan. Um, you know, the hits are big. The lads are getting fitter as the season goes on. And, um, you know, rugby players, they're spending a lot of time in the gym. So I suppose you're yeah. going to have collisions and you're going to have injuries. But you have to work on those and make sure you have replacements to, to take over when fellas get, get injured. We've round seven rounds of the uh, league gone. Nina, seven from seven with three bonus points. Cashel, six wins, one defeat from their seven matches with three bonus points. So That's right. you're, you're talking about keeping on the coattails of Nina, that bonus point victory and the fact you got that bonus point is as important perhaps as anything in that victory. Well, it is really because people sometimes discount the bonus points, but, you know, a bonus point, if you get four of them, it's the same as a win. Um, you know, if you get five, it's the same as a win with a bonus point. But um, they are important. Now, when we look back uh, over the last seven matches, the, the one we, we really threw, the one we lost, you know, we we were a bit naive, I think, on the day, and really we got cut out. But I think if we played them tomorrow morning, I, I don't think they'd beat us. But, um, you know, Nina have capitalised. They've won their seven matches. They're going extremely well. And, you know, if we both win next weekend, then it's going to set up the match in Cashel. You know, it's going to be a, a cracker. Yeah. And... Um, I wouldn't like to call that one because I think it's going to be very tight. Just, but, before, um, I let you, just before I let you go, a quick word on Clamel. Now, I know you wouldn't have seen this, but they were 19-7 up at half-time, only to lose to a very spirited Tullamore comeback. That'll hurt, won't it? It will, because they were at home. I think they were winning up to the last couple of minutes and uh, conceded a penalty. Uh, they did get two points out of it, which is a decent enough return. But like um, a bonus point win would have really, uh, you know, put them in safe territory. But, um, you know, they're going well. I think they won the two previous matches and they got two points last Saturday. So they're away from the relegation zone, which is vital. There is a bit of a gap, though, between Clanwell and the the top four. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they don't want to get let that go too far uh, this week yeah, before... No. Uh, I got to fly, Peter. You're absolutely right in okay, what you say. Ronan. Thanks for your time tonight. My apologies. Thanks nope. indeed. That's uh, Peter Silk joining us there from Cashel Rugby Club. Delighted to be joined by my next guest. Who's just na- found, rooted her out from uh, from her her training camp in London. Uh, Shauna O'Keefe's on the line. How are you, Shauna? I'm good, Ronan. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, what's your What's your emotions like at the moment? Excited. I'm extremely excited. To be honest with you, yeah, I really can't wait to get going on Friday. 
it's a, been a case of of this is you've been building to this for a number of months. You were in studio with me a couple of weeks ago, and you were talking about your first pro fight, and you can prepare as much as you like in a sparring. But once you go into that York Hall, into a very very famous London venue, um, it, the focus is all on you. Yeah, it is. As as they say, once you climb through those ropes, it's there on your you're there on your own. It's only you and that other opponent on the other side of the ring. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about your opponent. How much experience have they got? Because this is your first pro pro bout. Um, she's she's a lot of experience. She's in, been in with um the best between Chantal Cameron, Natasha Jones, Riona Dixon, uh, pro debut against Caroline Dubois next, uh last year as well. So. She's quite an experienced journey woman. She's a really good opponent to have for my first fight. So it would be me making a statement on Friday. Well, you've been in, she's been in against Chantel Cameron, who needs no introduction to our listeners. Um, I'm wondering how how you prepare for this. How you know we spoke before about your training and how how it's 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 completely different from your amateur days. I would imagine you've had to take it up several notches now as you prepare for 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 your first bout. Yeah, so last week was my last hard week. I had my last six shoes of sparring um, Friday in, in against a really good girl and we finished on a high. Um, the sparring couldn't have went better if I tried. This week is more of like a taper week. We're more just kind of going through tactics for the ring um, and what we're going to do in the belt on Friday and then it's just keeping me fit, keeping me injury free and uh, weight maintenance. That's it. All the hard work I've done over the last 11, nearly 12 weeks. When are you going to weigh in and how long before the fight do you weigh in? So because it's small hall show, your call, you weigh in on the day. So I'll weigh in um, Friday by between one and a half, two. And then the bout starts at six and I'm third or fourth fight. So I should be in the ring by about half seven. Well, we will put up on our social media platforms a link to that fight for anyone who does want to watch Sean O'Keefe's first pro fight and we encourage everybody in Tipperary to keep an eye on this. Um, when you weigh in, I'm just wondering how you manage those couple of hours. I'd imagine there's a bit of rehydration that's required in the in the hours before the fight. Yeah, so I'll have my electrolytes, I'll have my chocolate milk just to get the bit of nutrients back in your body from the... Um, bit of weight cut and then you've um, these little sachets of drink where I'll have my carbs and my glycogen and all that so the rehydration is probably the most important part at the very start and then I'll fuel with food I'll go back and I'll have a nap and I'll get up and I'll be ready for work Okay, it is work I suppose that's the way you got to look at it because this is what puts bread on the table as well Yeah, it's my job now this is my work but as they say, you never work a day in your life when you love what you do. And I absolutely love what I do. And uh, have you found the transition to the pro ranks something that you've transitioned easily to? You're far away from your fa- friends and family. You're out of your comfort zone. You're away from the coaches you've known since you were a child. How different has that been? Um, I'm not going to lie. The adjusting at the start was fine. Um, I've been okay being away from family the last week now. I think because it's coming to an end and I know I'm going home after my fight um, yeah it's been hard the last week I think it's just because it's um, been a roller coaster getting to where I've got and like everything's actually went really well in regards to preparation and getting ready for the fight so um, it's been up and down I'm not going to lie but I'm ready 100% to bring a good show on, on December the 8th but I'm also 
really looking forward to going home and spending a bit of time with friends and family over Christmas. Shona, we wish you the very best of luck this coming Friday night. Uh, streaming services will be available for it as Shona O'Keefe takes her pro debut. The very, very best of luck, luck Shona, from everyone in tape. Hope it goes well. Thanks so much, Ronan. Really appreciate it. Not at all. Take care. That's Sean O'Keefe joining us from London as she gets ready for her first pro fight in the York Hall. And incidentally, there was a young girl from Carrick. Uh, this is a story that Pat, uh, my colleague Pat Murphy, had on Tip FM earlier on this evening. And uh, first professional fight and a win for a Tipperary boxer from Carrick. I'm sure she's boxing in Mexico, as far as I understand. I'll get your name in a second. But uh, she's a science teacher and a wonderful victory for her in her first professional win uh, for, for um, Sinead Babington. Sorry, that name wouldn't come to me. Sinead Babington, she defeated Brendan Nijeli Jurez by unanimous decision on Saturday night in Mexico. So there's two Tipperary ladies earning their living in a very, very tough sport. Um, Sean O'Keefe, as you've heard from, and Sinead Babington recording her first win, the Carrick on Shore native. Uh, our text number is 083311 One texter says, I'm surprised you didn't mention the Munster Senior Hurling Final. Well, as people know... Valley Gunner of Waterford won three in a row and uh, I suppose there are implications there as to the state of, of hurling in Waterford but I'm sure WLR FM will be dealing with those kind of debates 083 311 just before I go any further just to announce that the Sports Star of the Month winner after all the nominations we got in panel of judges thought about it over the course of the last number of days and have decided that Nina CBS have won the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for November the Dean Ryan Cup winners for the first time in the school's history, Nina CBS are the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for November and that's in association with Talbot Hotel in Clonmel and John Quirk Jewellers in Care. If you want to get some nominations in for the December award, sportsstar at tipfm.com is the email address to use, sportsstar at tipfm.com. Before we go off air, let's have a word of Barry Ryan. How are you, Barry? Hi, Ronan. Barry, searching around looking for some results, but I might be dependent on you to help me out here. But I do know that St. Michael's were involved, obviously, in um, in action over the course of the weekend. This time, St. Michael's were involved in the FAI Junior Cup. No, no, they were in. That was the. That was the. Oh, they were in the the league. I mean, St. Michael's yeah. were playing Banchester Celtic. Another good win for Saints. Yeah, five two. Um, very much in control, training up um, early doors, running. Uh, Russell Quirk with a couple of goals, uh, Joey Mulcahy with a screamer, Risa Regan on the sheet again, and Shane Ryan. So a good spread of goal scores. A good to see Joey back amongst the goals as well. Um, so, yeah, really, really good result for them. Um, Peak Villa, a huge win down in Wilderness, 7 yeah. 1 as well. Um, so, you know, it's very much the two of them are just. You know, as they were, the two of them just banging in goals, keeping the thing going. And I suppose a big result was Carmel Celtic uh, progressing in the FA Junior Cup in the next round. Yeah, 2-0. Sean Brown uh, back from his travels, back involved, straight back in with a goal. Julian Curtin with a goal as well. Sean Brown with a great header to open the score. And so they'll go into the draw on December the 18th as well, which will be great. More interest from the TFCL. And just one result that really caught my eye running was Powerstown in the Munster Junior Shield went down to Cork and bet St. John's Bosco 12-11 on penalties. And I, I really love this competition, this Munster Junior Shield for the teams down the divisions and stuff where they almost have their Munster Junior Cup now. But I thought that was a great result to see Powerstown go to Cork and get a win that is wonderful because uh, you know I'll come back to Clamell Celtic in a minute because I do want to focus on their win which is probably the highlight of the weekend but Powerstown I'm not saying they have a hand-to-mouth existence but it, it is relatively uh, grassroots football uh, at the division they're playing in so even getting an away day down to Cork to play St John Bosco's is a bit of a big deal for them and then for it to go to penalties and win 12-11 on penalties yeah. it just is a great story for lads coming back on the bus 
Yeah, because like, that's what junior football is all about. And, like, you know, the Munster Junior Cup and the FBI Junior Cup are not really going to provide those opportunities because for those clubs because it's so difficult to get out of the area in Tipperary. But it's a wonderful idea um, that's come up in the last couple of years in the different provinces where they've brought in this Junior Shield. Um, and Because that's what junior football should be all about. And that, that's the kind of result that will keep their whole year alive, you know. And like, that's the result that no matter what happens for the rest of the season, they won't forget that trip to Cork. They're going well in the league. I think they're looking like they they're candidates for promotion from the division that they are in. But uh, a good like that's the fourth round of the Munster Junior Shield. I don't know how many teams are left in that now. Probably sixteen, I'd say. Yeah, you're down. You're down to the latter stages of it now, and they play Ballinanti uh, B team in Limerick in the next round, which will be a really, really tough tie because um, Ballinanti would obviously have such a good, strong A team, but the numbers in that club would be big. So that's that's a bit of a kind of a big round tie for them. Let's talk about Clamell Celtic. Are you seeing a maturity coming into their performances because they were a shaky enough start to the season, but uh, they're getting results and they're getting big results. Yeah, they're getting results, and like they'll, you know, they they home draw and they kind of fancy themselves against anybody. Like they have a lot of firepower as well, especially with Sean Brownback. We commented last year; I think he had eighteen, nineteen goals for the Wildies. Um So that was a huge signing. And Julian Curtin has been a young player that we've talked about several times. And Rory O'Dowd now, obviously, his commitments in and around the Tip Football Squad as well and commercials. But he was back again at the weekend as well and was, by all accounts, excellent in midfield. So you know, his brother Peter is a top class player as well. So all those lads are getting that couple of years older as well and a bit more mature as you said and a clean sheet you know they get solid at the back and stuff as well um, you know Celtic are a good side now Yeah um, I'm just wondering you know what would their priorities be because um, you know they had a relegation season a couple of years ago got bounced straight back up again good cup run is all well and good but the bread and butter is important for a club like Celtic yeah, look, I, the league will be beyond them this year. Um, I suppose the Tipperary Cup would definitely be a big priority if you got the right side of the draw and Pickville and St. Michael's met each other. You know, Thomas said they're going to get on any given day to beat one of them in a the semi-final or final will give themselves a big shot at it. And I suppose silverware is the big thing for them. But they will definitely be looking at the Munster and the FAI going into the open draw now thinking, you know, could they go a few rounds and could that competition open up? Um, so I think that's kind of what, what they'll be looking at. And it's important we mention care as well. at a great 2-0. Win, 2-0 in the complex against Clamwell Town. Uh, that's a big result for care as well it is a big result and you know we speak about Clameltown having must win games or mustn't lose games but like losing at home to care just another not a nail in the coffin of their season but it's just very hard to keep lads motivated when this is what's turning out every week yeah, and look, they're in a situation at the weekend where they were without Kieran Looney, without um, Jack O'Donnell and a couple of others, and they can't afford to be without anybody at the moment. Um, I, I felt very much a couple of weeks ago when they got the result against Tipperary Town and got themselves onto 10 points, and they looked they have two games to come against Wildies as well, without any disrespect to the Wildies. Clown Town expect to get results in that. I think it's just that their season now is literally just about the Tipperary Cup. They'll want to beat Oldbridge and progress. Um, but I think Clown Town will want to get to the summer and address the, the situation that they find themselves in, and, and I think it'll be all about next season for them yeah it's early to be saying that about it's all about next season and you know there's another debate we might have about motivating fellas when you know so often we say the league is beyond them you know uh, because um, the fact that it's a two horse race does act in, as, in and of itself as a demotivator Barry many thanks we'll come back to that in due course thanks for your time tonight thanks for all that's Barry Ryan joining us with TSL that's all we've time for tonight